So the big question is this. How do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top? How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. Today, I'm joined by Michael Judkins, who is a senior manager at FreeSearch. Michael works within the marketing, digital, and e-commerce sector. He's been working in recruitment for over eight years and is currently managing a team of seven. Previous to this, uh, Michael worked at Michael Page for four years, but for the last four years has been part of a growing recruitment business in FreeSearch. Michael, thank you for joining me on this uh, sunny Friday. Yeah, no worries. Good to be here. It's uh, Yeah, I think we're the only two people inside yeah. currently. Everyone else is taking calls outside and doing some work in the garden with the uh, cardboard box over the laptop type thing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's just me and you. <laughs> uh, d- delighted to have you on here. Obviously, uh, you, you got recommended, highly recommended by uh, some colleagues that they'd love to yeah. hear. You, you, you was, yeah, obviously they recommended you to be one of the best recruiters they've worked with. Um, so yeah, look, it, was, uh, it was someone in my team, Andy. So I don't know if that was a, if he was trying to stitch me up or if he, hopefully, <laughs> he genuinely, uh, yeah, believes the comment believe that. That, he, well, that he said. So. Let's, let's, go, let's go with the latter. Well, let's go with the latter. Yeah, so, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. So look, where I always like to start on this is uh, how did uh, Michael enter the world of recruitment? Let's start there. Yeah. So I um, I graduated in 2010 um, and was looking for a job um, and I thought I wanted to get into marketing. I'd done business management at uni. Um, the plan was, you know, I, I'd always been interested by brands and, and marketing, um, and I felt like that was the career, you know, career path for me. Um, but a few people kind of kept saying to me, you know, family friends. Um, just saying, if you thought about sales, if you thought about going down that route, you're really good with people, um, you know, and uh, I guess, you know, they knew that I had aspirations to do well and, and you know, some financial mobile. So just kind of talk to me about that route. And I ended up getting a job um, locally for a family friend, which was a kind of sales support role. That lasted six months um, before I wanted to move on to something a bit bigger. That was like I'd left, you know, I'd left home to kind of come back home to um, work and I just did that for six months, but then joined a, a beer company um, called Molson Cause. Um, so I was out in North London, going around to pubs, knocking on doors, selling beer, um, which was, yeah, interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah, 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 very interesting. Um, particularly when I was in Tottenham, I'm an Arsenal fan. So, uh, yeah, going around Tottenham and trying to flog them, uh, flog them some beer was, uh, yeah, interesting. They asked the football team and you're kind of like backing out the door. Um, so I did that for about a year. But part of my frustrations with that was that it was it was a field sales role. So I had no, no day-to-day kind of team interaction. You know, we spoke a lot on the phone with colleagues and our team meetings were, you know, once every couple of months. Um, and it was great because the industry is a really interesting industry and the, it kind of got quite close to the marketing because I was working with some really good brands, you know, um, but 
I missed, I felt, well, I felt like I was missing some of that interaction and I guess I wanted a head office role. So I applied for a number of different positions after about a year started applying and one of the businesses that I um, saw advertising lots of sales roles were um, Michael Page. So I wanted to go down this kind of national accounts head office sales route where you would work with groceries like Sainsbury's, et cetera. So I applied for a number of roles there and I got a call from um, someone in their sales team uh, at Michael Page, a recruiter. Um, and she, um, you know, she spoke to me, had a really good conversation. She basically regged me. I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> um, that was that. And uh, yeah, kind of, you know, said she'd be in touch. Then about a couple of days later, I got a call from a chap called Joe Curtis, who you who you know, hey. uh, and who you've uh, yeah who you've you've had on the podcast before. Um, and yeah, he called me up, and you know, in true Joe fashion, just you know, didn't necessarily kind of say what that was about, but started having a chat with me. Um, you know, asked around my motivations, etc., what I wanted. Uh, yeah, and at the very end, said, "I've got a good job for you." You know, have you thought about recruitment? <laughs> uh, and yeah, I guess that was, that was 2012, January 20, well, it was December 2011. Um, so I came in, met with him, um, met with the director there. And yeah, as I guess I say, the rest is, the rest is history. So uh, okay. yeah, he, he kind of, yeah, he, he flipped me. Um, we went to the same uni, not that I knew him. I'm quite glad I probably didn't know him. But, he did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, not that I knew him, but he kind of got me sold on the fact that we had a common link. And uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah, I went, and met, I went and met him, met the team, met the business and got a really good feel. And I guess, you know, at that time, like I say, part of my motivations for moving on was I wanted something that was, um, you know, team-based. I'm a sociable person. I like the interaction, you know, of, of, of colleagues, which is, you know, partly why this time is quite interesting for me. Um, but yeah, it, you know, and they offered that as well as a solid career progression and opportunity to, I guess, be in charge of, you know, well, your own destiny to, to, to some extent. I guess that was, the, that was the sales pitch at the time from Joe, but, you know, um, we can get onto that later. But yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> okay. That was, that was, yeah, so that's how I got into it. No, I love that. Re- really interesting. And um, I, I didn't know you worked for, you was in uh, Joe's team or, or worked for Joe. Um, I've worked, for, yeah, I've worked for Joe for, yeah. What? Well, my whole my I owe my recruitment career. <laughs> <to him. laughs> um, okay. Well, so look, so just just so everyone understands, so you joined Michael Page and you worked there for just over four years, I think, right? Well, it's just yep. on LinkedIn. And yeah, then, yeah, that's about right. Four and a half years. Yep. Yeah, and then after that uh, period, uh, you then joined uh, Free Search, and you've been there for the last four and a bit years, right? So yep. let, let's talk about Michael Page for a second. So, what what sector did you go into? So Joe and um, uh, another another a director called Chris were setting up the digital team there okay. um, at the time, and Joe had a background in recruiting for consumer businesses. So naturally, he wanted me to do the digital marketing um, and um, all those sorts of roles within that. So at Michael Page, it was just the digital team. Oh wow! Um, so you starting out from scratch. Yeah, just starting out from scratch. It was me, uh, me, Joe, and Chris, and we were, you know, uh, I guess kind of nine, you know, nine years ago. You know, the roles that are very common today and the most common roles that we were recruit were the ones that were, you know, just starting to hire out. Businesses were starting to separate marketing and digital. They were trying to hire talent into those areas, um, and the business saw an opportunity to have a dedicated team within in that space. Um, and the relationships that Joe had and, and Chris had were all in what we classified as consumer. Mm. So that's retail travel, what, hospitality type businesses. Um, what, what, was your, what was your first year like? Always interested in first year. So you join this big brand, you're starting something from scratch, you're leveraging Joe's and Chris's 
relationships, reputation? What what was the first year like? Uh, interesting. Yeah, it's, a real, <laughs> it's it's always a real shot to the system. I think you 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 have a perception of. I didn't know much about recruitment. I had one mate um, who worked in recruitment for um, in, uh, after uni, and he worked for S three. He worked for Huxley, and you know, in Birmingham, and before I joined Michael Page, I called him and, you know, he said, yeah, I think you'll be good, but just be, you know, be warned. It's, you know, it's tough. And yeah, I, I, you just don't really know what you're getting yourself into. You think you're calling people about jobs and you think you, you know, that's it, but there's so much more to it than that. And um, yeah, it was a real learning curve. Um, Cause I guess, you know, on the one hand you're trying to learn about the job, but you know, the environment as well that you're in is a very sociable one. I went from having, you know, no interaction with colleagues to be, you know, to kind of socializing and being, you know, out, you know, two, three times a week, um, you know, with people, maybe more so, you know, it's a very sociable, you know, it was a very sociable place back then. So, you know, you had to kind of learn how to balance that and then mm-hmm. the social stuff as well and everything going on. But, um, you know what, I really, I really enjoyed it. It suited me. Um, you know, at that time we were, you know, it was a kind of 12, you know, it was 11 hour, 12 hour day kind of place. You know, you were in a, you know, you started at eight, you finished at seven. That was just standard. So that was a bit of a shock, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, well, what was your, what was the biggest challenge for you in year one, do you think? I think understanding or trying to understand that, um, that, that people were different um, and that, you know, not everyone's motivators for moving jobs, are, you know, are the same. Um, and actually, you need to adapt your approach, you know, based on that individual. And just working my head around perhaps the psychology you know, behind recruitment is the biggest. Yeah, you know, I still think that's the biggest challenge for anyone entering it anyway. Um, you know, having what, do you, some, what do you mean by that psychology? What your mindset? I think that, uh, more about the fact that you are dealing with people who have the ability to change their mind. Oh, OK. The drop of the hat and actually you know, the psychology behind why they are um, looking for a job and what they want from that job and, you know, what's important to them. And actually, is that really important to them? Or do I need to dig further and further and and get into the detail? Um, You know, the amount of times that I, you know, I kind of remember going, you know, to Joe and and Chris, right, yeah, Canada wants X, Y, and Z. And actually, you know, a few questions from them. And I was like left there going, ah, okay, I don't really know. You know, and I, I guess, you know, that's good. It's a learning curve. But it's just getting into that. Their mindset, I think, is probably the biggest challenge is that yeah. you're not, you know, you might have a perception on a job and why you think it's great, but that doesn't necessarily mean the person you're talking to does too. Um, and that's a really big thing to overcome, I think, for a lot of people because it's hard, you know, sometimes it doesn't make, in your mind, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So you can come frustrated quite easily to say, well, you know, why don't you want this job? Or, you know, why isn't that enough, you know, for you? And I guess that's just, yeah, that's just, yeah it's it's yeah that that, i definitely agree with that i think uh at the early days every candidate you speak to is the perfect candidate for for the job and uh yeah what and um i can't remember who i got this advice from or i might have read it somewhere that really stuck early on that really helped me is um ask the questions that you don't want to hear the answer to and yeah uh, because sometimes you just want to get through that reg sheet it's like right joe i've got this banging candidate and then yeah it's just such a at the beginning, you got to get good at just swallowing things like, yeah, you need to go and find this out. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because, yeah, Joe, you know, um, he'll, hopefully he'll listen to this. I, I expect him to, but he'll, you know, his classic phrase to me was like, stop burying your head in the sand. Mm. He was like, you know, you've got all these good qualities and it comes to the difficult question and you're just, you, you know, you're just not asking it. You're just, 
because I was scared of the answer. Yeah, scared um, of the answer. That's what it is. Yeah, and I, you know, I, it's one of the things. You know, for me, um, I, I'm a real people pleaser. I like people to like me, so I don't want, you know, I, I don't want to ask a question that I know will provoke, will perhaps provoke a difficult conversation because in my head, that candidate or client then won't like me, and therefore, I will take that personally. Or I used to, you know, that's yeah, 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 one yeah. of the things you that's have to learn to, to deal through, with. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I'm I'm like that in in life. I like to you know I like to please people as much as I can, and you know that's great. But it's also you know in this job can be a bit of a you know can be a bit of a downfall um, you know at times. So you've had to I've had to learn how to to you know, yeah. deal with that and approach that in a different way and have a different mindset about that. But yeah, early on, Joe was yeah stop burying your head in the sand. It was a <laughs> remember that yeah. yeah 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 definitely. There's what, there's many uh, many phrases I remember. What um what, what what did you end up billing in the first year? Do you remember? Oh god! I want to say it was about eighty-ish. Yeah, fair. Okay. I, 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 yeah. So I think I joined in January from standing start in a new desk, and yeah, we did. Yeah, I think I did about eighty-ish, which was probably it. It was okay there. I mean, you know, Michael Page's model meant, meant I didn't really see, you know, you know, see anything for that. But I guess in terms of performance on a whole, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. awful, but it, it certainly it wasn't great. I didn't, you know, didn't change the world in my first year of recruitment. But starting from scratch, I think that that's fair. So, so, so then, so then, let's just segue a bit here. So, was there for another three years, and from what I saw, by the time you left, you was a manager, right? Is that right? And did you stay within that? So, did you continue to build that desk um, and that market while she's there? Okay. So yeah, basically, yeah, just followed that, built up, and then became to manage the consumer team. In you know, by the end of it, was managing four people. Um, how, how long did it take you to start managing a team? Three and a half years. So three years, three and a half years in, and then you start managing, yeah? Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. So let, let's just break this down a bit. So firstly, just out of interest, because I think, um, I think um, in terms of this current period, I think this has encouraged a lot of people to use the overused word pivot or whatever, right? Which could mean that you end up, I don't know, doing different types of job titles that you normally do or whatever, right? But just quickly, out of your experience during that period, like how long, how long did it take you to build out that market, would you say, that consumer market, to have a real solid bank of clients that enable you to build a decent amount per year? Like how long did it say before you're like, you know what, I'm really pleased with where this market's at. Obviously, it can always improve, but how long do you reckon that journey took? Two years. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm a you know whenever I meet anyone new, you know, or, you know, early on in their career, and you know maybe graduates trying to think about getting to recruitment, I, I'll always talk about eighteen months to two years as a as a as a timeline. I think, especially if they're doing a new market or they're building something, um, and they haven't got any experience in it. I, I, yeah, I'm a big believer in that you need to you just play a bit of the long game. And I didn't know that back then, but I guess you, you only know what you know and having done it for a number of years and helped people hopefully build markets in the last, you know, more so in the last four years since joining 3Search. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say it was probably two years. I remember thinking throughout the first year, oh yeah, it's clicking. But it wasn't clicking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just I just had a good run or something, of, uh, you know, a good month or so. Um, but then, you know, next month I'd still make some of the you know, same mistakes. So, yeah, I, I guess two years to really kind of feel like I had a good level of clients um, that I could rely on for work and that I'd helped build that up and, and leveraged off the, the size of the business, you know. Uh, 
which was slightly different for the research and Michael Page is I was you know, fortunate, I guess, with Michael Page and the size um, to leverage off some of the relationships they've had. And that is good and bad, um, you know, for, you know, for going out to market. Uh, I, I was going to say, how, mu- how much did it help you having a brand like Michael Page when you picked up the phone? Did that actually help you cut through the noise? Yeah, I think early on, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I really do believe that recruitment has changed quite a lot in the kind of time that I've been doing it. But I think early on, yeah, that brand, you know, particularly in marketing recruitment, were, uh, you know, they, they, were, they were a go-to. Um, so we leveraged off the marketing recruitment business and did digital marketing and, and just kind of, yeah, went in dovetailed and, and, and were able to, to, you know, benefit off the back of that. Um, I don't know how much that would help now. I, I guess it's one of those people, at least people know who they are. Um, mm. And early on in research, when I joined that, that just wasn't, it just wasn't the case. So you had to find something else. You weren't, you know, you weren't winning work off, off, off a brand. Um, which is actually, the, I think, you know, now again, you know, four years on, I think, you know, we, we win work off our relationships and our ability. And, 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 you know, that's, that's, that's what's really good to see for us and how we've grown that business. But I didn't have that then. I won work, a lot of work off the brand. Mm, interesting. And just, just a sort of final couple of things before we move on to free search. I guess what, what I was keen to get your thoughts on, Michael, is... Um, Sort of knowing what you know now, what advice would you give yourself early on in building out a market on the client side that you think would have really helped you? Because I think it's the client side that's the most difficult, right? Building this reputation. Um, obviously, yeah, you'd like to think typically you have more access to candidates and have more conversations there. But sort of what, what advice do you think you'd give yourself or to those at the beginning or early stages of building out a market that you think would really benefit them on the, the client side that would have helped you? Yeah, I think... Um the first thing I would say is around organization and that might seem kind of a bit of a, a weird one to start with, but I guess from day one or, you know, early on, you are contacting clients who don't know who you are. And I think you need a way of tracking that. Um, and I was very poor at that to start off with. Um, and I think a lot of recruiters are, you just, you know, you just, you just chase the money a bit, don't you? You just chase, you know, you chase the next fee and, and you go from client to client and you, and you don't track who you've had some interaction with. And, yeah, I guess in by tracking it, you're then giving yourself an opportunity to go back to that individual, whether that be one month, two months, six months later, and have another touch point with them and another interaction with them. And then again, another, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, through, you know, enough times of them seeing your name or your brand or your, however, you know, enough interactions with you, you will then start to see something from that. But, I, I, you know, I still say that that is a long, that's a longer term gain. But if you're not doing that early on and you only start doing it after 18 months, you've missed 18 months of opportunity because you've not tracked it. And I just think, like, imagine how big, like, you know, if I had this spreadsheet of everyone I'd spoken to on the client side from since I started recruitment to now, oh, it'd be amazing. you just go through and I'd, and, and, and I'd try to speak to them constantly throughout that time. I probably wouldn't need to do any form of cold business. It would, you know, and, and it's about just believing that, you know, you, you do repeat that and you do follow up and, and you make sure you follow up. So that's when I talk about organization. It's like organizing yourself to give you the best ability. And in some respect, there's an, there is a little bit of an automation element there, but just trying to build relationships and then identify the ones where you're going to make money from that. So you've got your then, you know, you're organized and then you start to get, you know, bites or start people start to interact with you. And then it's, you know, making the most of those. Um, and if you do that from early on, I think you put yourself in a really good position 
in that 18 months, two years time. Yeah, have a, have a system. You, you yeah, need to have, have a, some yeah. sort of system, right? Yeah, you, you're completely right because I think, yeah, you need to, if I turn around to you and go, right, Michael, over the next three months, what what clients are you trying to get into or whatever? Like you need to have some sort of system. And I, I agree, whenever I had some big wins, it didn't come, it rarely comes in that first contact, right? I, I could catch you at the right time and go, Michael, I've got this candidate, blah, 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 blah. How open would you be to seeing them or whatever? That That might happen. But guarantee you're going to get way more wins off the third, fourth, fifth, seventh time that you try and speak to them. And it's that seventh time, that breakthrough, and it ends up then being one of your best accounts that year. So if you don't have a system that you can follow, follow that's going to ensure that you have those touch points and you don't try and implement that in your day, uh, yeah, in your weekly cadence, yeah, I think that's great advice. Love that. And um, you've got to see everyone as an opportunity, I think. Like, again, it's so easy to get a knockback and then go, well, okay, they're not going to work with me. Yeah. <laughs> and actually there are people that I work with now who, you know, eight years ago probably did not, I don't, you don't, you forget about it. You forget who's knocked you back eight years ago, but you know, some of my best clients now, I'm sure that I tried to call back then and they were, you know, that cause you know, I've been doing the same market for the you know, eight years, you know, a lot of the same people. Um, yeah. I'm sure they did, you know, I'm sure they did, but once they say, yes, you, you forget about all the, you know, you forget about all the knockback. So it's just, yeah, like seeing that opportunity, but that is a longer term mindset and I, I think that's really hard when you a when you first start recruitment or if you're early on in your recruitment career to see that because ultimately sometimes you feel the pressure of having to deliver against say the targets or the you know or, or the kpis you know depending on where you are you know actually you're working week to week you're not working longer term so you forget about all that stuff because you just need to hit a certain you know number or something to, to yeah no you very, feel like to perform yeah very true um so did you did you want to go into management? Yeah, always. Oh, you always wanted to go into management. Okay. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, I. I knew quite early on that was a that was something that I was keen to do. Okay, interesting. Um, well, what what I'd like to do then? Let, let's. Uh, I want to talk to you about your journey at FreeSearch. But two things. First one is obviously now you've been in the real startup environment, which is one of the questions that I have. But before that working for Michael Page and now you have something to compare it to, although obviously it's only two companies, but two completely different environments. Someone, what, what would you say are the main, in your perspective, pros and cons of working for a big corporate, or big brand, would you say in recruitment? Um, yeah, it, I, I think about this a lot. I, it's interesting. I work for a business founded by people from Michael Page. And so, you know, when people, they talk to me about my time there. I, you know, I always speak very highly of it. Um, I had four and a half very good years. I met, you know, my now, you know, I met my now bosses there um, who I've worked with for eight years, you know, some indirectly, you know, Michael Page indirectly, um, you know, somewhere in other teams um, and the relationships and the people and the contacts and the network I've got from people who worked in that business has really benefited me going somewhere smaller um, and I can say the same for the three directors is that, you know, that, that environment and that ability, you know, that you know, the size, is, it just gives you an opportunity to create and build contacts because there's so many people there. Not all of them end up staying in recruitment agency side. A lot of them go in house. A lot of them go and do different things. Um, so that is definitely a plus. Um, I think the training there was, uh, you know, I, I would say having met and interviewed people from, you know, different businesses. Um, the training there is excellent, was excellent at that at that time. Um, I think it gives you a really good grounding 
um, and structure to how to approach this job, um, especially with kind of like process management and, and, and you know, candidate management and client management. Um, and I still go back and revert back to a lot of stuff that I learned in my, in my training there. Um, so that definitely is a, is a, is a pro to work yeah. in there. I guess for me, the cons are, I feel like they lose people because of um, their, you know, I've seen a lot of people from there go and start their own thing or do their own thing. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes their structure and the way that they approach, you know, the, the career there and how it needs, you know, and how, how you progress means that they, they, lim- they limit people who have this ability to be creative in how they want to do a management job or, or run their business. Um, and it's that that I think is a really, it's a real shame because if I look around at some of the companies that have been founded by people from Michael Page, there's some really good recruitment companies out there. And imagine if they'd kept that talent, surely that, you know, that would be, you know, that would be a real bonus to them. And, um, yeah, I think that for me is, you know, that's, that's, that's a big shame about that, you know, working in that environment. I think, um, I think what you said there is really interesting, actually, the first point. I don't think anyone's actually said that before because I've had different people work for S3 and all these things. But I think that's such a great point, and I think that's something that I can really relate to, that not everyone thinks about, right, that when you work for these big companies or just, just companies in general, it's so important to have an emphasis on relationships that you build in, in the four walls of your business because you have no idea how they might be able to help you in the future, and that isn't the only thing you have in your mind. But like yeah really anyone listening that's in their business right now make sure that you're building great relationships with the business owner if you can with the people around you because you never know when that person could when you could i don't know you might be able to help each other right and i love that you brought that up because especially if you think yeah the types of people that it encouraged that it created to start these businesses and these entrepreneurial people especially if you're working for these big brands, make sure that you're networking internally and, and make sure that you're building relationships. I think that's such a great point to make. Um, yeah, yeah. You've got to treat, you know, it's kind of the same as a candidate thing. You know, people talk about, you know, candidate is king and treating them with respect because you don't know where they're going to end up. Like I, I apply the same logic to internally. Mm. You, know, you see a lot of people with, you know, big ego, you know, you know, in our environment, you know, it's natural, you're going to get that. And they just rub people up the wrong way. And then as soon as they need a favor from, I don't know, someone else they used to work with, they're not going to get that. Because, the, you know, yeah. their perception or the, so you know, their, yeah. so this is where it came in handy. You've been wanting to be liked by everyone. <laughs> exactly. This is it. Um, so there, is, there is something to be said about that. But yeah. Uh, so, okay, cool. So look, let's talk about your, your time at FreeSearch. Completely different environment, as you said, but obviously the familiarity of the, 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 the faces and the people that obviously work for Joe, that's one of the founders at FreeSearch. But what, what I wanted to ask you, besides sort of going into a startup environment which would be completely different like from your perspective what do you think out of these three it could be individually or all three of them what what sort of qualities or things did they demonstrate as leaders that you think really compelled you to be like you know what I'm confident or I'm actually really excited or I actually want to put my careers not my careers in their hands but you know what I mean take the leap with them like what leadership quality do you think they demonstrated that resonated with you that made you think you know what I'm up for this let's do it what what do you what yeah what were they? it was yeah I mean it, it was a, it was certainly a risk at the time you know well I thought I thought it was anyway um 
you know, to leave that environment, that safe, secure environment where you know what your next job is going to be, you know, your next three or four jobs, in, in, you know, in that business. And, you know, I was in a good place. Uh, you know, I was relatively, you know, young to be a manager. Uh, you know, I seemed to be someone who was doing well. Um, and to leave that all behind, a lot of people were like, why? And uh, yeah, I guess it had to be, you know, the right thing. And I, Joe, <laughs> again, Joe will laugh, but um, he, he he always says it took a while, and it did. It probably took about six to nine months. I mean, they yeah, they were around for about a year and a bit before I I joined. Um, but even early on, he started the conversations. Um, I guess for me, what works for them is they are three very different individuals with all very different attributes. But if you put them together, it makes for a good business. And I always say this. So, um, you know. Charlie does, you know, Charlie, who I report into is, is, you know, he does a lot of the people management stuff. And, you know, for me, he is, he is a great leader. Um, I've learned a lot from him. Um, I felt like he would move my management career on. Um, and yeah, his, his ability to build relationships and it, like, you know, both internally and externally. And, I, you know, he is classic of that point that he is, you know, part of the, a lot of the work we've had at FreeSearch have come from his relationship to Michael Page, both internally and externally, and he's carried them through. Um, but he's also someone that people want to work for. And he treats people with respect, whether they, you know, are with us for, you know, a month or two or, or you know, five years, he, you know, treats them all with the same respect. So for me, working for him, um, you know, was, was, was going to be a real um, was was part of the reason I joined, um, and uh, you know from Joe, I I've known for a long time. He only managed me for probably nine months to a year. You know he would admit that he he wasn't you know that wasn't his long term career path to manage people. He felt I think he felt like he needed to do it in a business like Michael Page because he thought that that was the next route to the next job. Um, but you know, admittedly, he probably said that you know he wasn't you know that's not his his strength. His strength is going out and, you know, winning work and, you know, his ability to kind of sell and influence is for me still, you know, he's still probably the best person I've ever worked with in that regard when it comes to winning work and winning good quality work. Um, he, yeah, so I thought, you know, I could definitely learn something from him if I'm going to go to such a young business and, and, and you know, and, and grow, then, yeah, that, that ability would be great. Um, and Andy, Andy was like the shining star at Michael Page. So, uh, oh, really? I, I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't work for him. Um, I worked with, yeah, I don't want to make his ego any bigger. He'll laugh. <laughs> um, he will laugh. Um, he thinks he's the best football player in the business and he's certainly not, but, um, yeah, he was, um, he was, uh, yeah, he was, he was, our, you know, he was like the, you know, he was the he, kind of like one of the youngest managers. I saw him, you know, he joined about a year before me. He was always just that one step ahead of Michael Page, you know, he, he built, you know, incredible amount of money when he was there um and i guess for me um having seen his work ethic and how much he would care and, and put into that and then if it, you know that was working for michael page what would you do if it was his own business uh, you know he he cares he works so hard um yeah he really you know he's really passionate about making us the best marketing recruitment come digital marketing marketing recruitment in in london now for now but you know hopefully, you know, further afield as, 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 as we grow. Um, and that, you know, that for me is really important, working with people who believe it. And I'm not saying the other two don't, of course not, but yeah, you, you tie all those three things together and I think you've got a really good recipe for success. Yeah. Um, and I think it works because they are three very different people. Um, but that's, uh, you know, 
I think sometimes a challenge with like a small business, if you have one person, it, it can be quite, it can be quite tough and they can just leverage off each other's, you know, strengths. And I, yeah. you know, five, six years on, they're, they're really doing that. I think, yeah. um, I think you know, they, they, no. they know what they're good at and not. And so they let that person take charge and leave. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that's, that's kind of why. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. I think ultimately what you're saying there is, yeah, like that you really recognize a real opportunity for you to grow, right? And and for you to, to continue to develop in these things. And I think that's really common for a lot of people because especially when you do well, and obviously I'm sure there's other paths that you could have gone down, but so it can be difficult in recruitment when you feel like you're not at the top, just like billings wise, but when you sort of at the top and are right, who else can I learn from? Who else is inspiring me? And I, I, that can be quite difficult sometimes. Right. So I think, yeah, I, I love the fact that you really recognize an opportunity to grow. So when, when you join this business, obviously it was an environment that you had, you, you was an environment which you was used to, you knew what you needed to do, all these things. Right. So, um, obviously worked to free search. I think obviously we said before we started this, joined as a manager but obviously wasn't managing anyone until six months in so just straight billing um i guess what i wanted to ask you is firstly like what happened in the early days of you joining free search or yeah that you didn't expect and i guess what i'm trying to get at michael is what was the most difficult part about transitioning from a big sort of corporate like michael page although obviously you work for joe and these things for you to adapt to this complete new environment where I think you said, what, there's five or six, six of you when you joined. What, what, what was the hardest part around that? Because I think there'll be a lot of people listening that may have to go through that transition or are thinking about it, that that's a part that gets them quite nervous. So what was, what was the most challenging part about adapting to this new startup environment, would you say? Yeah, I, I guess so. I talked a lot about the social side of Michael Page and the size of it. Um, you know that interaction with so many different people and then going to a business where you had three directors and then two you know two employees in three search and a couple of other people in the office was was a real shift um i'm not saying that you know i didn't enjoy that but you know early on in that those those times we we, we kind of went to work to work and, and went home um because if two people or three people had something on then you just that you can't get a kind of group together to you know to go to the pub or catch up or, or do anything so that was quite a big adjustment um early on um and now that we're at a size that you know that we are we've kind of you know we've got that you know social element back but for a good six months to a year it was quite a different environment um so getting my head around that um and trying to and it you know it worked well for me i lived outside of london you know i, I didn't necessarily want to be in the you know kind of pub every, every night um <laughs> but it, you know it's just getting your mind around that um i think um you know and, and then following on from that point you have so many people that can kind of help out and support in a big business whereas in a company like that at that size you, you kind of got to go and do it yourself um which you know i enjoy you know i guess getting stuck in and being like right i'm you know kind of it, like i say i went from managing a team before to not managing for six months and it was quite refreshing just to kind of do some recruitment but do all the stuff with involved. No one was doing anything, you know, and I, I kind of sound spoiled here, but you know, no one was uploading your CV. You know, <laughs> it was all real kind of like, right, this is it, you know, LinkedIn, phone. And that was, it was kind of like back to basics. And I, I you know, I really enjoyed that, but you have to be prepared for that. Um, especially if you're coming from a bigger environment. Um, there is an element where you, I want to say, I wouldn't want to say like a lack of, a lack of structure or organization, but you know, 
everyone's learning. You know, the business was what, 18 months or so when I joined. And, you know, even in the last, you know, I've been there you know, four years, you know, we're still learning. We're still learning how to do things. We're still learning what processes we like and what we don't like. And I think for a lot of people, that's really hard to adjust to. Because yeah, things will point. change and direction will change. And what was, you know, um, you know, something we, you know, uh, I don't know, the way we went about business development early on is very different to now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, so true. And you have to you have to adapt and you have to kind of roll with that a little bit and not become hung up and say, well, you said this, you know, and I guess in bigger businesses, you kind of have that all set out and you kind of know what you're doing and it's all, you know, it's all quite rigid. Um, yeah. You need that ability to adapt and be flexible in a, in a, in a smaller environment. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Expect a bit more chaos. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I really like that. And it's, especially when you come from a big company, they would have had processes and everything instilled. And But I think that that's where the growth can come from as well, right? Um, and obviously the, the learning. Um, so what I wanted to talk to you about, Michael, was I get loads of questions around, you hear all the time, billing manager is the most difficult role in recruitment, right? So I'm assuming that for the time that you have been there, you've always been billing and your management responsibilities have grown. So why don't we talk about, um, as, as we come to the second half of this, why don't we talk about Michael's journey in, in being a better leader, learning from the people around you, being a manager. So when you start, you could refer to Michael Page if you wanted to as well. But So as you started, so I'm assuming that you build throughout you yep. being a manager, yeah, right? Always, so, yeah, always. Yeah, so let's just talk about this for a second. Like, Firstly, what was, your, what was the thing that you really had to get your head around or what you really had to master or challenge that you had to overcome um as a bigger manager that has really helped you what was the the real challenge or thing that you really had to overcome firstly would you say yeah i guess it's for me it's mainly around time so you know if you're a billing manager you know before you had however many hours a week depend on you know how many hours you work um to do all this work and you're in your you're in charge of your own destiny and you go out there you try and win work you place work um and then all of a sudden you have someone else to help out and, 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 and advise and particularly if they're relatively early on in, in their career, that's really time consuming. It, it, you know, it takes a lot of effort. They have a lot of questions naturally. So, because the job isn't, you know, the job's not an easy one to get your head around, regardless of what people think about it. And the perception from the outside is it's a complex job, which has many moving parts. And that takes a lot of explanation. The other thing that is challenging about recruitment is it happens. It happens live. Like, a candidate a conversation with a candidate or client there and then happens there and then and if you don't handle that or manage that in the right way at that point then something that may end up in you know something going wrong further down the line or you know and and i guess that you know i talked to a lot of friends and there are lots of other jobs where you know they would say well do you need to deal with that now but in recruitment i often feel like there's a lot of stuff that you do there's certain things you don't and you learn that as you get you know as you as you get more experience, actually that isn't urgent and prioritization and they are all the things that help. But the biggest challenge I, you know, I find and found kind of, especially early on is just that time and around having to do what is expected of you billings wise, but also helping someone out. Um, and early on, perhaps not seeing any reward for that as well. That, you know, that, you know, that is a challenge. There's this gray area typically when you transition to a manager or you're early on in that you haven't got that formula, right? So you're suffering on your billing your probably your your consultant or whoever is working for you might not necessarily be up and running yet, and you yeah you know it, you kind of have this period where it's like right well 
you know, what have you done for the last six months? <laughs> but I've been working so hard. And I've been trying to do yeah. all these things. Yeah, it's it's time, that, that's so true, that, isn't it? Because it's like, right, I'm, we all want career progression, right? If that's progressing in terms of um, earnings or progressing responsibilities or whatever. So, yeah, you take, this, you take this progression opportunity, do it, right? That might even come with a salary increase or whatever. But And then there's a lot of suffering that comes with it as well, right? As you just As you said. So time is something that always comes up. So why don't we talk about, um, it could be during COVID, it might have changed, but like what does the non-negotiable billing manager, Michael, have? What is your weekly non-negotiables? Because it seems like what always ends up happening is that you have some sort of system management process that you've now got locked in. No doubt it could improve sometimes or whatever, but you've got some sort of process dialed in that could be every Monday at this time they can chat to me or whatever but what what's your what what's become your sort of management system would you say that's helped you get a grasp of time yeah um I so we all have I guess you know in a it has changed recently because of obviously everything going on um in some respect for the better I found like you know being in the office and being visible you are you're there and available and people can see if you're on the phone or, or, or not. And therefore, if you're not, they will ask you a question or they want your time. And actually part of the benefit of being, you know, in the last few months of working in this environment is they haven't been able to see that. So they, you know, the team haven't perhaps in some instances contacted me as, as, as much, not, not, not everyone, but you know, they've not contacted me as much because, they probably think that I'm busy, but I guess in the new world is a lot of the time you're, you're kind of booked out in half an hour, hour slots at the moment. Um, it doesn't really allow for that flexibility because you kind of have to book something in. You don't know, you can't see the other person, so you don't know what they're doing. You book something in. So that has meant that I think most recently, um, I have had some more time to prioritize um, on my own stuff and, and, and crack on with my own, you know, my own work. But when I was in the office, um, we have a team meeting once a week at the, you know, kind of the start of the week, which is kind of a chance for everyone to talk about, you know, updates on on stuff. And then individually, I would catch up with them on a Monday. So I block out Monday morning. Monday morning is my team time. So talk to them. How was last week? Review, set up um, this week. And yeah, let them go with um, any what, questions. What, just quickly, what are, the core, what are the core things that you want to know as a manager or find out from your team? Is it right what obviously we can don't have to go into like kpis or whatever but like what are the things that you want to see as a manager that that makes you feel right i'm I'm excited with what the team could produce this week is it like talking about what what their pipeline looks like is it talking about their plans for business development this week what are the typical things that you're looking out for as a manager would you say yeah probably a bit of everything but i guess for me what's important is okay you know i do say you've got five jobs my first point of course is to run through those jobs um and just see where we're we're at with them because once i know that information and i i will then dig deeper i you know like i said I block out this whole morning to talk to you know five seven you know five more, it will be seven people um now it's like i block out that whole morning to get into the detail so i want to know where they're up to in process how close to the fee they are with that process and actually you know is that candidate going to accept that job if, if offered? Um, and I'll do that, you know, with every role. And then, yeah, I guess following that and getting an update, we can then work on, okay, what are the objectives or targets for this week? Because I can set them before, but then, you know, that might be you know, before I get into the detail, but then I'll change it because I need to know what they're up to with, with other things. Um, it's easy just to, you know, it's easy just to say, you know, just to say that. 
Um, so that's the first thing. Um, and then, um, yeah, I guess business development would be the second thing. Like, what are you, you know, what are your plans for the week in business development? You know, how are you, you know, where are you going to win work from? Where's that job coming from? And as long as I know that information, I'll make a note of it somewhere. And that is what I found that works for me is that I'll make a note um, and that I will record that um, somewhere so that I can then check up later on in the week, say Wednesday, uh, midweek, just check in how you're getting on against that. And then again, at the end of the week and try and have some follow-up system. And I think that bit's the important bit for me around time. It's like you set them up, you ask them the questions, they tell you what they're going to do. And then you have that regular checkpoint. And I, we're all guilty in recruitment of not doing the follow-up, but if you could be strict on that, that for me then enables me to have more time to go away and do it. So they know, unless it's a, okay, candidate's about to you know turn down an offer that actually our catch-ups are kind of roughly scheduled in. Sorry. Um, sorry. Can you hear me now? Sorry. I can, mate. Sorry, that last comment, just couldn't hear. No, sorry. Sorry, it's okay. Um, what I was going to say, um, do you have anything, so there's like an accountability piece, basically, but yeah. do you have anything at the end of the week where you sort of have dedicated team time where it's like a, right, guys, what we achieved this week, or I don't know, do you have anything like that, or is it just more of a, well, not really? No, I know, I know a lot of businesses do. It's kind of like that Friday, like, you know, wrap up, Type yeah. thing. I often find Friday and recruitment the day that you get a lo- like loads of stuff just happens because every client and candidate is like, right, it's Friday. It's kind of their day to, to catch up on stuff. And that's like, right, I need to put these people in. Things, <laughs> et so I always find Friday to be pretty mad. Um, uh, there is an argument, I guess, for it. Uh, my view is if I do that again on the following Monday, as long as I check in and review the week and, you know, they are then accountable for that week. And we've got better at this since being in 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 um in lockdown and and we've got a better system or we believe we've got a better system for holding people accountable for that yeah, which is interesting that. um that's what we worked on early on is like right you know we've got an opportunity here to kind of look at some stuff and actually how are we going to hold people accountable for for things yeah. um so we we do it we do it on a monday but no that makes get, sense yeah that there's makes an sense, argument yeah. to say friday as well i just yeah don't know if, if people always want to talk about that on a Friday. Yeah, no, fair. That, that makes sense. So, so the next thing about management, um, Michael, that I'd love to get your thoughts on. So I've always spoken to a lot of billing managers, leaders that have sort of shared how important it is to really get under the skin and understand of the sort of drivers for your team. And no doubt this helps the accountability piece, right? Or when you're recognizing that, well, actually this person isn't, stepping up the mark or isn't doing what they said it was what what things do i need to push or what things do i need to encourage that i know is going to resonate with them right so and to sort of tie this in with today i think one of the most common things that i keep hearing is um businesses and not just recruitment but managers and leaders um really making sure or trying to impact the motivation of their team in this remote world right so I think this sort of ties in quite nicely that actually even in this not this this current world, understanding your teams and individual motivations is so important, right? Yeah. How have you gone about getting better at that? How important is it to you? Like what 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 have you had to do as a as a manager to get better at understanding people's motivations? And do you think it's important? Yeah, absolutely think it's important. Although I'd probably say early on I didn't recognise how important it was because again, you kind of just look would be like, well, you know, you're in recruitment because, you know, um, you want to make some money or, or yeah. you know, 
I guess it was easy to go. Yeah. I'm in it for yeah. this reason, so surely they yeah. they must relate to that. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and actually, people are different, and, and motivators are different. And yeah, I think you know, the, for me, the key thing to being a good manager is to recognise that you have a team of individuals, and not everyone wants to be managed in the same way, and not everyone likes that. Um, you know, there are certain things that you 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 kind of have consistent across the team. Um, you know, maybe the way that you, you know, team meetings, etc. But you know, if you need to bring up a point with someone, um, some people don't feel comfortable about that being in a public forum, and and that would actually demotivate them. Whereas other people don't mind that because they, you know, they don't mind being, you know, they want to then prove other people wrong. So I guess it's just working out and understanding and getting into the detail. So um, yeah, I've done some stuff. I've actually um done a few like uh they call you know like questionnaires around motivators with the team to get into it and so i've i've separately got like those motivators um what sort of what sort of questions would you ask if you don't mind me asking well it's not no it wasn't it wasn't me it was a question um you put me on the spot here it was a training course that i went on um and a lady running it um talked about um a questionnaire she wanted to understand why we what motivated us as managers yeah so she we was a management training course so we did that and then she said how useful would this be to do with your team, your so team. I was like, yeah, yeah. it'd be great like let's go and do it so the next week i was like right here you go and they're all a bit like why am i filling out this you know it's like 50 questions where you tick what motivates you and it's like you know random questions like you have a car like would you buy a car or a house or like, oh, you know, okay, like okay. it like, kind of gets into like your the reasons you know the reasons you know how you approach stuff and yeah i did that and i, I it was really interesting um you know and there's lots of things about like people wanting to be recognized like being recognized is really important to them so mm-hmm. it's not about the power status it's about the recognition for the role you know they don't want to you know they don't want to be seen to be the you know bright lights top below that's not for them actually it's someone just saying well done on i don't know well done on you know finding that candidate is enough for them to say yeah I'm going to carry on yeah it really motivates me um and I yeah I believe in all that stuff I think it's really important having had you know um different managers who have been able to motivate me in in the right way and and some who haven't um I think it's really important but I probably didn't recognize that early on in my management career how important it was Mm. but it was only until I looked at how I wanted to be motivated that I was enable to think actually how do my do I know how my team wants to be motivated? And I, and I guess the answer at the time was no. Mm. So I feel like I've got that understanding now. And then when I talk to them individually, I can then you know lean on those motivators in order to hopefully get the most out of them. Um, but that is challenging in this time because you know there is a, it's a very different environment, and you are you know there's an element of or well, it's not an element. It's all about trust at the moment, um, and you have to trust your people, and you have to trust that they're working hard, and yeah, I think, you know, early on, I, I was unsure as to, you know, not to doubt the people in my team at all, but I was just unsure as whether I could personally deal with that. Um, because I've always been someone who I thought needed to be present uh, and be in the office. Like I say, I live, you know, live outside of London, I've got a young family. Um, you know, I've always said, well, the job, you know, needs me to be there. It needs me to be present. So because I can get them motivated and do this. And actually what I've seen from, you know, those who have worked during this time is, you know, honestly, like it's been great. Like they've shown me that I can be capable of trusting them and that I don't need to be there. So it wasn't necessarily on them. It wasn't that I didn't trust them. I perhaps just didn't trust. I didn't trust myself to believe that they could do it. And um, so it's it's been good for me, really good that. And yeah, I guess I know that now by working with them and, and understanding what motivates them. That hopefully I can still get the most out of them in this in, environment. 
Yeah, no, I think that's such a really good, honest sort of overview of your experience of that. Um, what I was keen to just get your thoughts on was, I guess this might tie into sort of what you look for when you're adding to your team, but what what do you think are the sort of common habits or key characteristics you typically see in, in high performers or the great recruiters that you've worked with either at Michael Page, Free Search? What are the typical things that come up for you that no doubt you end up sort of looking for in people, but what are the common habits or traits do you see in real top performing recruiters, do you think? Yeah, it, uh, I don't want to say work ethic because it's what everyone always says, but there is an That's definitely an element. Let's, let's make sure everyone knows work ethic it, is paramount. Yeah, yeah it, I, I, can't, I can't deny that. And, uh, you know, I think for me having, you know, when I look back and I think about the people that, you know, I've seen there and, and, and are up there, you know, they, they do put the extra work in. Um, but that's out of choice, not because they have to, they want to do it. And, and I guess that's probably more the attribute you're looking for, that willingness to do it and that willingness to understand that actually at times you might need to invest more of your own time in order to get a, a result. So it's not someone who can just work hard. It's someone who understands that, yeah, I want to do that in order to, to get something from this. Um, so, I, you know, I always think that that is key, but how you, you know, how you measure that at interview stage or how you look for that is very difficult um, because everyone, no one's going to sit there in front of you and say, you know, I'm not a hard worker <laughs> or that I leave, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, do my, you know, do, do what I need to do and, and, and kind of head off. No one would ever say that. So yeah, of course. I guess you need to get into kind of other questions around how they would approach stuff and, and, and kind of stuff in their life in order to try and work that out. But that one's a, a key one for me. Um, I guess, the other one is around, um, you know, this again, you talk about it, but it's resilience. It, it, it is that ability to, to understand that maybe it's not personal and that you, you know, this happens in the job and, and yeah, you, you get knocked back, but you keep going and, and, and it kind of ties into the work ethic, I guess. But yeah, that ability to take those things, take the rough with the smooth and, 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 you know, get over it quickly and, and move on. Um, and just say, well, okay, I've got an opportunity to, you know, if a candidate does, okay, I've got an opportunity to fill that job, you know, I'm going to go and fill it. Um, and making sure that, yeah, you, you can, you can stick to that, I guess is, is yeah. So th- you know, they're the two things that I often see are in the, you know, the, the high performers. What, um, what do you, and then on the flip side, like what, what do you think are some of the common maybe traits or habits or ju- just things that you see in recruiters that, prevent them from maximizing their potential do you think um for me a lot of it's around mindset now and i I get i wouldn't have said that three or four years ago um because i didn't perhaps really see how important that was and it ties into the other two it's about this willingness or mindset to do it but you know for me those those people that perhaps kind of uh yeah you know struggling to move on often it, it can be someone else's fault it can be the candidate's fault or the client's fault um you know, that's the reason it's gotten wrong. They haven't looked at themselves and gone, right, what do, you know, if something goes wrong with a process, I'll sit there, I'll try and take some time to review it and work out what I did. Firstly, what I did wrong in order for that process to have gone down, because there will be some, there will be something. Responsibility and accountability. Yeah. It might not be you. It might not be solely you. It might be, you know, there might be different elements, but you know, firstly, you've got to look at that. Um, 
And I think too often in this job, it's easy just to be like, oh, that client's rubbish or that candidate, you know, that candidate, you know, you know whatever. It's just like... It's easy to blame. It's yeah, easy it's, to blame. E- it's, it's easy to blame because you've got people involved who aren't you. So it's easy to pass the blame. And that for me is the main thing that holds people back. Because if you, if you, can, if you can put the work in and, and you get your, you know, your ethic right and you can kind of overcome you know the challenges of the job and and you know the ups and downs and you know there are you know it's, you know no denying that and you can yeah get your mind in the right place and I, I, you know i think typically people you know will do well um there's a, the, the other thing that i like to talk about and i guess again this is quite hard but it's around this kind of ability to be able to talk to people and and, and have some form of you know level of um emotional intelligence i, I think it's really important for our job um there are some very good recruiters out there who I've seen, but I think sometimes they lack that ability to move it on because they get a brief, they can fill a role. And that's fine if you've got that constant flow of jobs and you've got that constant flow of candidates. But if you're up against it and you need to try and go out there and win and build relationships, you need to have that ability to be able to, yeah, build a relationship with people. And, and that's, been a really, uh, that's been a really key thing for me since joining researchers. You know, I talked about earlier about you know, relying on the brand. Well, we didn't have, we don't have that. So it's about relying on our relationship building ability. And actually, you know, um, the people that I've seen to be most successful are the ones who can build those relationships that last a long time. And, and, and that sometimes does hold people back. And I, I don't always know what you can do about that. Cause I think you can change mindset, but I don't always know if you can change the ability, you know, someone's ability to interact with someone and how they go about that. Um, in a lot of ways, you've kind of either, you're one of those people or you're not. Um, so I don't know if that's helpful for people because it's not like, well, you know, how, how, how do I, how do I, I do? I think, I think that, I, yeah, no, I fair. I think, I think it ties in with your first point, right? If I'm someone that has listened to this and go, well, actually, I think this coronavirus period has taught me that actually my relationships aren't as solid as I thought I was, or actually yeah. they did only speak to me when I had a CV, right? I think the first part, the mindset part, will give you the best chance of improving the second part. Because if you're someone that's willing to take accountability and responsibility to go, well, actually, I, actually, I, I thought I was really consultative, but actually, I, I'm actually quite be, can be quite transactional. Um, I think it's actually having, being able to re- realize that and have the humility to try and work on it is something that can give you a better chance of becoming better at it. Um, does that mean you're going to then be as good as the person that might have it naturally? Maybe not, but I think you firstly got to be someone that's willing to go, you know what, I need to work on it, right? Um, so yeah, that's really interesting, actually. What, um, so look, as we come to the end here, what, what, what's been the most difficult part for you then over the last couple of months, would you say? I think it's always important for people to know that the challenges they're facing is they're not alone in, in facing them. I think if I could direct you potentially, but you don't have to talk about this, one of the most common things that I could get messages around is business development, of course. Hearing that clients are putting up jobs or you're putting up jobs and you're getting 300 plus applications doesn't necessarily mean the quality is still there, but still there's a lot more noise around, well, actually, we can probably feel this directly or whatever. But ultimately, what I keep hearing is that we're going to be in a client short market and a a candidate long market, right? Some would argue that, but overall, that's the sort of general consensus that I keep hearing. But I think it's the the business development in a slightly different world. How how have you been approaching that? Something you want to talk about, but what what have you found difficult over the last couple of months, would you say? 
Yeah, I'll talk about I'll talk about BD and business development, and then I'll talk about um, yeah maybe maybe something else that I've you know kind of found um, you know challenging. So I think on the on the business development front, yeah, look, you know naturally, it, it the current climate really does. You said it just a minute ago. It opens up your eyes to whether or not you have a relationship with that client or not, and if you've previously shown a value add to that client, um, is that more than just placing jobs? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we yeah, I've had experiences in people in the past who have placed jobs and then they get a new one and you know the client may go somewhere else. But we successfully you know, someone successfully placed a job and you're thinking, hang on a minute, what better measurement for success in recruitment is there than placing someone in your team? But if their experience on how you interacted with them, you know, the offer process, you know, whatever it may be, may not have been, you know, as good as it needs to be in the current climate. And that, you know, I think that's not just the current climate, I think that's the last couple of years. Like customer experience is, is you know and we you know we've done a lot on this recently but for me that has to be that has to be at the forefront of um you know uh, your you know in recruitment now you have to be very good at it you know 10 years ago you, I don't believe you did now you have to be because it's a world where people can talk and people you know will will easily you know call you out for that online or whatever it may be so you have to make sure that's good and they expect a lot and you need to be able to provide that. And so, yeah, it's real eye opener when you kind of like, well, I recruited this role for you, you know, six months ago, you've got that. And they're like, yeah, we're just going to do it direct. And you're like, right, well, have I not shown the value add of the last six, seven placements that I've made? Um, and, you know, sometimes it is that sometimes it's, you know, you know, there is, I guess, a real reason why they perhaps wouldn't want to work with you at the moment. And you kind of have to understand that. Um, I keep saying to myself and the team, you know, as long as, you know, if they do use a recruiter, you're the one that they go to. That's the best position you can currently put yourself in. You know, if 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 you know, you know, obviously, you know, you want you want the work on now. But if they're going to go direct, but they said they will work with you if they use an agency, that you know, that's that is that is a win at the moment. Whereas you know, that wasn't a win six months ago. I guess you're looking at that as a win because the reality is just because they're getting an extra 200 applications doesn't mean they're going to fill that job any easier. We don't need to go into the reasons why or yeah, yeah. why that is the case, but we know that might not be the case. Um, so, yeah, it has been a challenge, but I guess, you know, to the point I made, I am very fortunate that I joined a business that has tried to build its, you know, brand on relationships. And so as a result, we, we've had a steady flow of work, you know, not, not May, you know, kind of time, but the last two months we have had a steady flow of work from people who can see the value add and, not saying it's not tough out there. We're certainly doing more business development than we were six months ago, but we've got a better structure for it now. Love and that's that. the thing that I've taken, we've taken away from it. It's like, we've improved in all these areas. So, you know, we should hopefully come out of the back of this better. And we've got a better system for chasing work. We're holding people more accountable for that. We're going to get everyone to do it, you know, you know, earlier on in their kind of time in the business and, 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 you know, constantly do it and have a formula and a follow-up to, in, in order to do that. So, um yeah it's you know business development is hard but the way that we've looked at it is it's you know that's not, probably not going to change so we need to be have a better recipe for doing it awesome. and if we can continue to do that hopefully we will then pick up the work um so yeah i think you know that 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 is that's one of the challenges and then i guess the other challenge is i, I think you know we mentioned this just before we started kind of properly talking is just around how good you need to be at managing a process at the moment and how into the detail you need to be and I don't feel like the current climate allows you to cut corners, um, you know, when you're talking to a candidate and, and you just really need to strip it back to basics. With yeah, that, that, could just, 
I think when you said that for me, I just wanted to clarify that that just simply means there can't be any question marks or not, not you cut corners as the process or whatever. It's just, no, no, I know, I know what you're saying, but that's what came up for me is like right now you have to be like 99% sure that this person wants this job or for the right reasons or whatever. Right. So it's like, you have to be asking those questions. I'm going to hear the answer to you have to, yeah. Turn over every, every stone um, so yeah, as you said, you've really had to dig into your process. Yeah, there's an extra layer you need to go into and, and you need to, yeah, you need to be able to manage that and you need to try and account for the fact that things could change. And yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting world we're in at the moment and things keep changing and yeah, you know, some of it's out of our control, but there is still a lot in our control. Um, and we need to be aware of that. And again, you know, have that mindset, like we can influence this, we can do something about it and not just blame the fact that, you know, something's going on that means that yeah well it's tough to recruit at the moment because of x y and z yes it is tough well you know actually i think in some respect you know the good recruiters out there will will come will come out better and you know businesses will recognize who is good at you know at recruiting because you know this environment means you have to perform well um and it'll be interesting to see in six months to a year who's who's still still around who's still around yeah absolutely i I genuinely think that because yeah you're gonna have to you're gonna have to offer something different and go above and beyond um yeah that's with candidate or client experience and 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 your delivery needs to be good as well yeah no great point so as we as we finish here what how so how just as we're talking about that like how do you see the land laying in recruitment in the next six to twelve months like what i don't know what's we don't know what it's going to look like, but what's in, you've been in the game for a while. What, what do you think could be some of the interesting things that could happen in our industry? Do you think? Um, so one, one, one is that point I just made, I think um, that you will. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to look at this and work out if they want to do this job first and foremost. So, you know, we, we are an industry full of people that have fallen into it that perhaps didn't choose it as a career path. And I guess when when it gets tough, I always find you know that actually that's when you you see a lot of people leaving it. So I think you will we'll probably work out who wants to do it as well, not who's good enough to do it, but who actually wants to do it and who wants to be here and and yeah wants to you know, play the long game. Um, so I think that will, I think there'll be a lot of turnaround, people changing career or doing something different if they can. Um, I think you'll see a lot of people start up on their own uh because a maybe where they're working you know might mean they have to but also because i think it's an opportunity you know you've got to look at this and see it as an opportunity for someone to be able to perhaps do that if they feel like they you know if they feel like they are good and they are better than the competition then you know it is an opportunity for someone to go out there and do that and i appreciate right now you might be like well that's such a big risk but i expect things to pick up i hope that things will pick up i have to believe that otherwise you know kind of I'd be sat here then just being like you know, down about it. You know, I need to believe that the recruitment market will pick up. And I guess hopefully if you set yourself up in the right way, six months time, you might be in a position where you really benefit from that, but you need to be able to, you know, so I think, I think they're the two things that I will see uh, or that we, that we may see, sorry, not will see, may see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, <laughs> I think, I think no, I, th- I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think people's why is definitely going to be tested during this period to, to get up every day and work from their dining room table, whatever, when there's no one around that camaraderie, which is obviously a big part as to what can help us get going. And I think also, yeah, loads of conversations that I've been having that 
sort of this period has really shown that actually this is a company I'm really proud to work for or the opposite, right? And I'm sure this filters into your world when you're trying to work out why people want to leave their job. And what I'm hearing a lot of when I'm working with recruiters is, well, actually, they're turning around and going, look, I've been on furlough since April and I've had one call from the director, right? So I think you're compl- I think that's um, definitely going to be interesting for sure. And I think how that positively impacts things is that hopefully the people that do stay want to be in recruitment, which hopefully means that the standards that they have for themselves of delivering recruitment and for their clients and customer experience, hopefully should, should raise the bar a bit. Because if you're a shit recruiter and just fling out CVs, are you going to, I don't know, are you going to survive? I highly doubt it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, we might I, be wrong, I, you know? I agree. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I just think, yeah, we probably, you know, we've had a good, it's been a, you know, relatively good run of it in recent times. And yeah, I guess when it, when it gets tough, you just, you, you see some of the cracks emerge, but um, yeah, it's really interesting to see how businesses have approached this whole thing. And some of, some from what I hear have absolutely, you know, nailed it. And like, obviously I'm biased, but you know, I, I hope that people who work for us feel like, you know, on the whole, we have, we've done a good job of communicating, keeping in touch with people. And, and actually, you know, that talk about that level of like togetherness, you know, I've certainly seen that particularly amongst my team, but also across the business. And there are others who you hear stories about, and you know, you obviously speak to people and know people in recruitment and yeah, it does sound like some people have, have, have unfortunately not. And I guess hopefully what that means is there's some really, you know, you know, I'm looking at us for the future. There's some good talent out there to like talk to and, and potentially join us. Like that's, you know, it's great for us. If, if, other businesses, yeah. if other businesses have, you know, upset their best, best performers. Well, yeah, you know, and we're hoping that we can still continue to grow. Then, you know, why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we entertain a conversation with them? So yeah, with fingers crossed, you know, there'll be, there'll be some, we'll see some of that. Um, Love that. Well, um, look, Michael, been a pleasure. Love your mindset. And uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you. If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hishimazuz and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast. It will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster. Thank you again for listening.